Before tonight's episode, I want to let you know about our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium, the best way to experience the show and get a good night's sleep. With Get Sleepy Premium, everything is ad-free. You'll receive a bonus episode every week and have full access to our entire back catalogue. Your support really helps and means so much to us. Simply tap the link in the show notes to learn more. Now, a quick word from our sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you two free episodes each week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever wished that we'd include soothing nature sounds as a background throughout a Get Sleepy episode? For example, maybe you would like to pair tonight's story with the sound of gentle rainfall. Well, now you can. We have partnered with the Deep Sleep Sounds app to help you create soothing soundscapes that will play in the background while you're listening to Get Sleepy. Here's what you need to do. Simply download the Deep Sleep Sounds app, choose your preferred sound and add it to the mix by tapping in the circle next to it. Make sure you go to the Controls tab within the Deep Sleep Sounds app and toggle the button to Allow Background Audio. This will mean you can listen to Get Sleepy and the app sounds at the same time, and you can control the volume of the specific sounds in the Mix tab. It's the ultimate sleep experience. Through our partnership with Deep Sleep Sounds, you can get a 30-day free trial by going to deepsleepsounds.com slash getsleepy. That's deepsleepsounds.com slash get sleepy. Or just follow the link in the show notes for a 30-day free trial of the Deep Sleep Sounds app. Welcome to Get Sleepy, the podcast where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Thomas. Thanks for tuning in. Tonight's story is an adaptation of a popular Hindu tale of a man named Sudama and the god Krishna. It's a story about a loving friendship of mutual respect and gratitude, which remains unaltered by the passing of time. It will be read by Simon and of course it's suitably relaxing, so you can drift off while you listen. So let's prepare for a good night's sleep now, by unwinding for a few moments. With the theme of tonight's story in mind, I think it would be fitting to spend the next few moments enjoying the feeling of gratitude for a friend, a loved one, 
or anybody you're thankful for. So take a deep breath in, briefly holding the air at the top, and exhale back out, relaxing your muscles and sinking into bed. As you continue to breathe at this slower pace, allow an image to begin to form in your mind of someone that you are grateful for. Don't worry if it takes some time. There's no need to rush or to force anything. But whenever you have that special person in mind, just consider how they make you feel. Think about what they mean to you and the ways in which they act or the things they say that make you feel special. Take comfort in the thought of this person. Let the happiness they evoke within you come to the forefront of your mind and feel its warmth in your heart. Take another deep breath now. And as you exhale, say thank you. Give gratitude for that person and allow their positive energy and kindness to radiate within you. And it's with that sense of love and appreciation then I'll make way for Simon as we turn to tonight's story. We begin a long time ago in a quiet village in India. Once upon a time, long, long ago, lived a boy named Sudama. He lived in a village in western India. Sudama was a quiet, serious boy. He spent much of his time studying or walking by the river near his home, lost in his thoughts. Sudama had a soft, gentle presence and he felt most comfortable as a listener or observer. His calming energy was like that of an unrippled pool. He made other people feel peaceful 
and at ease. His best friend, Krishna, was completely different. If Sudama was a calm pool, Krishna's energy was like a fast-flowing brook. He was cheerful and playful and always making noise as he played games or pranks or practiced the flute. Wherever he went, he made himself the center of attention with his laughter and his jokes and his lively music. The two friends were not only different in personality, but in background. While Krishna was a god and member of the royal family, Sudama grew up on a farm. But in spite of these differences, the two boys were inseparable. In their youth, Sudama and Krishna studied at an ashram, a monastery in the forest. Here, they spent so much time together that they began to feel as though they were twins. Krishna could finish Sudama's sentences, and Sudama always knew exactly what Krishna was thinking. Their other friends often commented on how the two boys changed when they were together. Sudama became more confident, while Krishna seemed calmer. And in each other's company, both were happier and full of hope and joy for the future. Sudama and Krishna made plans about what they would do after they finished their studies at the ashram. They vowed to go on adventures together, traveling across the country. But after they left the ashram, life took them in different directions. Over time, one river divided into two separate streams. In the following years, Krishna's family duties led him to the city of Dwarka. He got married and became king. Meanwhile, Sudama also got married and returned to his village. He lived a simple life with his wife and children, getting by with the food he produced on his farm. As the years went by, Sudama often thought of his old friend. He still cared about Krishna deeply and kept him in his prayers. One day, he thought, perhaps Krishna would come to find him. It would be wonderful to see him again, to enjoy a meal together and reminisce about their days at the ashram. But he knew that Krishna was now a king, whose busy schedule kept him in the city. Sudama understood that Krishna probably didn't have time to travel to the country. Besides, Krishna might not even know where Sudama lived these days or how to find him. Sudama was sure 
that their paths would cross again at some point in their future. Until that day came, he would have to be content with his memories of Krishna and cherish their friendship from afar. Before he went to bed one evening, Sudama went for a walk, as he so often did. He loved the peace and tranquility of the fields at night, when the moon was high in the sky and the only sound was the gentle murmur of the river. The water moved very slowly in this part of the river, and the area near the banks was full of lush vegetation. As Sudama gazed at the river, the moonlight illuminated a pale pink lotus flower that floated on the surface of the water. Although Sudama had seen this flower many times before, for some reason he was particularly drawn to it now. Perhaps it had something to do with his pensive mood this evening, or the way the petals seemed to glow in the radiance of the silver moonbeam. In that moment, the lotus somehow seemed more beautiful and profound. Then Sudama noticed something. Although the flower seemed to float on the water, the petals were suspended just above the surface. The lotus and the water were so close, yet they didn't touch. A thought came into Sudama's mind. It was just like his friendship with Krishna. Without touching, without meeting, they remained close. Sudama was the calm water, while Krishna was the vibrant flower. When he went to bed that night, Sudama felt a sense of deep comfort and contentment. He fell asleep almost instantly and dreamed beautiful dreams. In these visions, he was transported back to the idyllic days of his childhood. He was roaming the woods with Krishna, who played enchanting melodies on his flute. The music went on and on, calming and hypnotic, from one dream to the next. The following morning, Sudama awoke with his mind already made up. It was as though he decided in his sleep. He would travel to the palace in Dwarka and see Krishna once again. Although he knew they would always remain close no matter what, a reunion was long overdue. Before he set off on his journey, Sudama said goodbye to his children and his wife, Sushila. He explained that he would travel to Dwarka and spend at least a night or two in the city before returning home. Sushila approved of her husband's plan. 
She had often urged him to visit his old friend, and she wasn't sure what had taken him so long. Perhaps it was his shyness, or his worry that Krishna would be too busy with his royal duties. Before Sudama set off on his journey, Sushila gave him food to take along, some fresh fruit and a bag of flattened rice prepared with spices and herbs. She explained that she'd given him extra, so he could give it as a gift to Krishna. As a guest, Sudama shouldn't turn up at the palace empty-handed. As he walked along the dusty country roads, Sudama reflected on his wife's thoughtfulness. He appreciated the gesture and knew she was right. Yet part of him was reluctant to give his friend such a simple, ordinary gift. After all, Krishna was not only a king, but a god. On the other hand, Sudama had nothing else to offer. He sighed and then decided not to worry about it for the time being. He had to focus on his journey, crossing through woods and fields and asking villagers for directions on the way. It took Sudama a couple of days to get to Dwarka. When he finally reached the palace, it was dusk and the sky was deepening into a luminous shade of blue, tinged with purple. Sudama stood in front of the palace, gazing in wonder at its many towers and its magnificent facade. He had never seen such a vast building. There must be as many windows in this palace as in an entire city, thought Sudama. It was incredible to think that his friend now lived in such splendor. It made Krishna's childhood mansion look humble in comparison. To reach the palace, Sudama first had to pass through an imposing set of iron gates. They were nearly as tall as the palace itself and guarded by what seemed like an entire army. Sudama was almost tempted to turn back, but he had traveled so far and he was longing to see Krishna again. They were so close now, separated only by these gates. He couldn't give up. Sudama timidly approached the nearest guard and introduced himself. As he asked, whether it would be possible to visit the king, his voice faded into a whisper. He was sure he would be turned away. And yet, the guard's answer surprised him. The response was not a yes or a no, but a question. When you were in the forest, said the guard, and Krishna was hungry, what did you give him to eat? Sudama was speechless. 
It took him a moment to recall the incident the guard was referring to. Then, all of a sudden, the memory came back to him. One day, many years ago, when Sudama and Krishna had been studying at the ashram, they had spent an afternoon walking in the forest. They were so deep in conversation, they got distracted, and for a while, they lost their way. At one point, Krishna let out a great sigh and sat down to rest on the trunk of a fallen tree. He was tired and hungry. Without a second thought, Sudama took a snack from his bag, divided it into two portions and gave the larger share to Krishna. Sudama smiled at the memory. He knew exactly how to answer the guard. When Krishna was hungry, said Sudama, I gave him flattened rice with coriander, chilies and nuts. The guard nodded. From this answer, he knew that the visitor was Sudama. The king had given him instructions to challenge anyone who claimed to be an old friend of his. But Sudama had answered correctly, which meant he could enter and see the king right away. Another guard escorted Sudama through the palace gardens. They walked past beautiful pools and fountains and a magnificent banyan tree with countless drooping branches. Sudama would have happily spent longer in these gardens, breathing in the rich scent of the flowers or resting by the pool. Yet there was another part of him that was eager to see Krishna again. Would he still be the same? Sudama wondered. He was a little apprehensive, but deep down he was sure the connection between them would be as strong as ever. Besides, Krishna had clearly told his guards about Sudama. That was a sign that Krishna still remembered him fondly. The guard led Sudama into the grand entrance and through a maze of shining, mirrored hallways until they reached an ornately carved door. When Sudama first stepped inside, he was almost overwhelmed by the beauty of the room. The golden walls and ceiling were like works of art. Every inch of space was covered by splendid lamps and lanterns and rich furnishings made from the finest materials. The decoration was so dazzling it took him a moment to distinguish one object from another. It was as though he'd entered a treasure cave or a temple to the goddess of fortune. Looking closer, he realized that one of the glittering shapes on the far side of the room was not an ornament, as he'd first thought. It was actually the back of an elaborate, bejeweled headdress. 
the crown of Krishna. In that moment, Krishna turned and caught sight of Sudama. Krishna grinned and instantly moved towards him, not with regal dignity, but with the quick eagerness of a child. The two friends embraced. As Sudama felt Krishna's arms around him, he sensed that his friend was the same person he'd known long ago. Although Krishna was now a king, he hadn't really changed. Somehow, Sudama knew this even before they'd exchanged words. The warmth of Krishna's embrace was enough to tell him everything. Afterwards, Krishna invited Sudama to sit down and rest. He could see that Sudama was tired after his long journey, walking on rough, dusty roads. As a gesture of welcome and respect, Krishna prepared a large bowl of warm, scented water and then washed Sudama's feet with his own hands. Then he called a servant to bring food and drink so they could dine right here in his private sitting room. Sudama's arrival was an excuse for a feast. And while Krishna usually preferred to host lively parties with singing and dancing, this time he was happy to enjoy a quieter, more intimate dinner. The two of them had so much to talk about after all this time. Krishna and Sudama sat opposite each other, eating and talking late into the evening. Although Sudama was tired after the long day, he was also feeling relaxed and refreshed and enjoying every moment of Krishna's company. Their reunion was just what he'd hoped for. There was just one topic that Sudama tried to avoid whenever it came up in conversation. While Krishna must have known that Sudama's house was humble by comparison, Sudama was reluctant to admit it. Sitting here in Krishna's splendid palace, Sudama couldn't bring himself to describe his own house with its three rooms and modest furniture. Yet Krishna understood, as he always did. He changed the subject and they talked of other things, reminiscing about the happy days they'd spent together at the ashram. After hours of talking, Sudama was feeling so sleepy that he could barely keep his eyes open. He was just about to leave when Krishna surprised him with an unexpected question. Had Sudama brought a gift for his host? Krishna asked the question in his usual light, playful tone of voice. He was probably joking, thought Sudama. Nonetheless, 
he felt he had to give Krishna something. So, feeling a little embarrassed, Sudama gave Krishna the cloth bag containing the flattened rice he'd brought from home. It wasn't the most appropriate gift for a king, but it was all he had. When Krishna saw what was inside the bag, he was delighted. He told Sudama that this tiny portion of rice was a precious gift. For Krishna, it was the very symbol of their friendship. When Sudama heard this, he was puzzled. Then Krishna reminded Sudama of the guard's question about an act of generosity long ago. Krishna explained that he had never forgotten that day in the forest. He'd been so tired and hungry, and without the slightest hesitation, Sudama had offered Krishna the larger share of his food, a portion of flattened rice. It was simple, but tasty and filling. Now, once again, Sudama was offering to share his rice with Krishna. The circumstances were different, but Krishna was still grateful for his friend's kindness. Although Sudama was pleased by Krishna's reaction, he was still confused. Krishna lived in a palace and had just treated him to a delicious feast. Why was he so delighted by a simple dish of rice? Still, Sudama was relieved that his humble gift had been received so well. He needn't have worried after all. That night, Sudama slept in one of the guest rooms in the palace. This beautiful chamber looked out over the moonlit gardens, and the trickling water of the fountains could be heard through the open window. The four-poster bed had a soft, thick mattress and translucent silk curtains that moved gently in the night breeze. Sudama felt deeply happy after his joyful reunion with Krishna and very sleepy after his journey. Although he wanted to stay awake just a bit longer to appreciate his luxurious surroundings, he couldn't keep his eyes open. With a smile on his lips, he fell fast asleep. Sudama stayed at the palace for a few more nights, but at last he decided that it was time to head home. Sudama's family was waiting for him, and he had work to do on the farm. Although Krishna was sad to see his friend go, he understood completely. Krishna also had his own family and duties to attend to, but he was so happy to have spent this time with Sudama. Next time, said Krishna, perhaps he would come to visit Sudama at his home in the countryside. Sudama laughed and shook his head. He joked 
that there would be nowhere for Krishna to stay at his house unless he slept outside in the barn. Smiling, Krishna said that he would be happy to stay anywhere. In one way or another, they would see each other again soon. After all, Krishna was a god as well as a king. He would find a way. On the journey home, Sudama reflected on his visit. The last few days with Krishna had been truly special. Dining together, riding through the city, and relaxing in the palace gardens while Krishna played beautiful melodies on the flute. He now had some new memories to treasure forever. As he walked along the country road that led to his village, Sudama was hardly aware of his surroundings. He was lost in his thoughts, daydreaming about his next trip to the city. But as he rounded the bend, he suddenly awoke from his trance. He'd been expecting to see the familiar fields and wooden houses of his village. Yet, instead of fields, there were lush gardens filled with flowers and colourful birds, and lakes with lotus plants. And instead of wooden houses, there was a complex of palaces made from shining marble. Sudama was sure he must be dreaming, or perhaps it was a mirage caused by the heat. It was a warm day, and he was tired after walking for so long. But when he walked into the gardens, he could smell the sweet fragrance of the pink oleander flowers. He could feel the cool spray of the ornamental fountain and hear the birdsong, which sounded just like the music of Krishna's flute. It was all real. When he arrived home, he discovered that his humble farmhouse had been transformed into a grand palace. There were huge ornamental windows, red velvet canopies, and elegant marble balconies. Just as Sudama was gazing up at a balcony, utterly amazed, he caught sight of his wife. Sushila waved to him from the balcony. She now resembled the goddess of fortune, with her vibrantly coloured silks and opulent golden jewellery. Sudama was lost for words. But before he could say anything, Sushila explained everything by uttering one word. Krishna. At last, Sudama understood. This miraculous transformation was Krishna's doing. It was the God's way of thanking Sudama for his friendship. That night, Sudama settled down in his new bed. 
It was even more comfortable and luxurious than the bed in the guest room in Krishna's palace. After all the traveling and excitement, Sudama was exhausted. He longed to fall into a deep, dreamless sleep. Before he drifted off, there was just one thing left to do. He closed his eyes, took a deep breath in, and thanked Krishna with all his heart. He thanked him for the gift of his new home and the gift of eternal friendship. And then, once again, he fell asleep with a smile on his lips. <laughs>